Hey you guys, are you ready for the best show in the Pacific Northwest? Here's my dad to his boyfriend hit him and friend. All right, you guys, it's uh, the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don uh, Radio Network. Everything at ronanddon.com. Thanks to everybody for buying a Ron and Don Nation T-shirts. Send us T-shirt shots from all over the world. We're putting them up on our newsletter. Everyone's subscribing. Tens of thousands of people listen to the podcast. Thanks for that. We really do appreciate that. And don't forget, we are licensed realtors. We would love to be a part of your biggest life transaction. We love doing the podcast. But the way that we take care of our families and our dogs and our nine-year-olds, is by buying and selling real estate. I work with a lot of first-time investors, people that want to buy and sell short-term, long-term, and also people that are interested in opening up an Airbnb, for instance, because I've done that for a number of years. And to be honest with you, not to brag, but have great success, I can share some of my stories with you. So reach out to me, Don O'Neill at windermere.com. And Ron, Ron, you want people to reach out to you? And what is kind of the thing that you're really enjoying? with your real estate journey right now. I just enjoy meeting the people and helping you. with. This is a big decision. It's an emotional decision. The thing I'm, I'm finding as I, I work with people that, that are going through uh, buying or selling a house is the, the the actual nuts and bolts of the deal is almost secondary. A lot of times you're dealing with someone that either has had a big life change, uh, kids are going off to college, they're going to downsize, uh, there may have been a change in their marital status and they're doing something entirely new. And so you almost have to deal with all of that uh, before you deal with the transaction so the transaction uh, i want to help you with but i also have been finding that uh people need a little an ear in a sense to figure out where they're at right now and where they want to go so uh, and also <laughs> i've had i've dealt with some folks that are like boom we're ready to buy right now uh and it's it's a good thing to do uh to, to, to reach out so my email is ron at windermere.com i just uh went and looked at a house with a police officer the other day that was a lot of fun it's his first house he was very excited excited about it and also a guy at a big tech company uh, looking for his very first condo those those are exciting to me because i remember what it was like uh, buying my very first place and it's like oh my god this is like a lot of stuff happening and I don't know uh, if I can make it happen. And so just having someone there to walk you through it, I really enjoy that part. So again, I'm at Ron at windermere.com and uh, you can find me on the website as well. All right, cool. Hey, uh, real quick, and I just wanted to get some of your advice. And I know there's some new research out there. My son is nine and I was on a visit at Children's Hospital the other day. And we're talking about mental health for kids and we're doing something with the Fran Nordstrom Guild. Uh, coming up here and it is incredible what they do at children's for kids anywhere between the ages of three and 17 and the struggle that kids go through with mental health is something that we all need to be concerned about and they are on it at children's and they have a special wing a special unit there where i got to watch them in action with kids it was very intimate and i was very touched uh, by the way, I saw the way that they deal with children. They don't tie kids down to gurneys when they're having an emotional outburst, an emotional time. They sit there. They get with those kids. They connect with them in a super authentic way, and it's beautiful. The other thing that they do is they take all the screens away. And the reason I bring screens up, my son has been uh, visiting Michigan for the past couple weeks, and I've been trying to have, uh, trying to have this connection, these conversations with him. And I did some, it was interesting. I took one of his hats and I put my phone number in there and I said, hey, if you want to reach out to me at any time and have a conversation, go for it. But I also think at the age of nine and 10, he's with his grandparents. uh, He's with family. He is also with a lot of his little cousins. I want him to feel like he can disconnect a little bit and enjoy his bigger family and have a sense of family. I'm an older dad and someday I'm going to pass away. And I want, I want to make sure that he feels those connections with his big family. And so we spent a lot of time in the summer connecting uh, with family members. Anyway, uh, it seems like he wasn't really interested in talking to me until today. And all of a sudden, I started getting this message, Hi, Daddy. Hello, Daddy. How are you, Daddy? Daddy, are you there? And I'm looking at my phone, and he's sending me text messages. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. 
who gave my son an iPhone? An iPhone. And this is what we were talking about at Children's Hospital. And we were talking about screens and kids having access to screens and where that takes you and how it can be helpful. But it also can be really hurtful and really damaging, too, if you're just glued to that screen. And as parents, we know that. Because sometimes not only are kids glued to their screens, the reason they're glued to their screens is because we're glued to our screens. So I looked into this because I tried to figure out what was going on. And what was going on is he has an iPad. And on this iPad are a couple numbers, and those couple numbers are people that he is related to that he can reach out to anytime he just wants to say hi or hello. And there's a certain app that you can do use. So he's not reaching out to people in the world of uh, witchcraft, and he's not reaching out to people that he's meeting online because you can't get online. It's just if for some reason he's away and he wants to reach out and he wants to talk to his daddy, uh, he can do that now and he can reach out to me, and, and that's what he was doing. So he's playing around with it. He was having it, having some fun with it. And I'm like, hey, why don't you put that thing away and go play with your cousins? And so we ended up doing that. Anyway, I was talking to one of my friends the other day, Christy, and she said, you know, my kids are 11. They are 11 years old, and I am holding out and holding back. I said, what are you holding? She goes, with an iPhone. I said, with an 11-year-old? She goes, oh, yeah. She said, get ready. It is coming because all their friends, all the 11-year-olds out there, they have iPhones. And what parents do is they say, well, it's a security reason, security measure. I want to make sure if something happens with my kiddo that they can reach out to me, that they have an iPhone, an Android, whatever it is. And really, you think about the access that it puts a child on, on the information superhighway. She said, once you open that Pandora's box, you cannot close it. And so she's holding out. And she said, you know what? When they go to high school, then they can get a phone. And we're going to monitor, and I know there's all kinds of apps and all that, but there's some real research out now where the medical community is getting involved and coaches are getting involved even when it comes to kids in their screen time, right? You're looking into this. Well, there's a big article in the New York Times right now that the latest trend is parents hiring screen-free coaches, uh, and they even cite one that's in Seattle. At 80 bucks an hour, these uh, coaches will come into your home uh, and teach you how to uh, deal with kids without a screen. And before people guffaw at this, if you're a younger parent, uh, you grew up with screens, like, like, I think if you're in your 40s or 50s, 60s, you sort of go, ah, that's, that's ridiculous. But think about it. If you're, let's say you're 28 and you had a kid in your early 20s, your entire life has been attached to screens and you don't really know how to do this. And some of it, uh, some of the, the techniques that they talk about seem like common sense, but I, I can understand why people need some help with it. One of them is to get a dog. Uh, and to have your child have a responsibility for something that's alive and you just cannot be on your phone and be caring for an animal at the same time and doing it well. So they say that's a huge one. Uh, obviously, it's a whole family commitment. But another one is like non-digital play. What's my, is your, what is my dog doing right now? It's like licking my hand, Okay, uh, which is better than chewing on things. Yeah. But uh, they, they say for a lot of uh, people, especially if you were a gamer growing up, non-digital play is not second nature to you. So when they think of playing, they think of, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to hang out with my friend. Yeah. We're going to play Madden. And that to them was playing. Or it's like, oh, we're gonna we're playing a video game. Right. We're going to uh, Snapchat each other. We're gonna do this stuff. And they're like, they have coaches that come in. And it's like, here's how you do board games. Here's how you tie a cape to your uh, child's back and you play superheroes. Here's how you build a fort. And, and, and it's laughable on one level, but I think it's also indicative of the world we live in. Uh, if you're a young parent, it's not obvious. Like, what do I do with this kid? As an older parent, it's not always obvious to me because my son and I, we built a fort the other night and then we got in the fort and I'm like, well, what do we do in the fort? I think we play video games in the fort. So we, I had right. to think back to my childhood and go, okay, what, what do we do in the fort? And what you do in the fort is you play with knives and you light things on fire. Where'd he go? And you steal your dad's fiddle paddle is what, is what you do because he tells you not to eat it and, of course, eat all of it. And then the next day... He says, what you do in he, the it, fort? Star, it starts, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you as he spanks you with his belt. And you know what? That's not true. You play, it's always going to hurt you more than it hurts anybody when he's spanking the hell out of you with your No, belt. I'll tell you what you do is you play lava. You didn't play lava? 
lava. You do play lava, yeah. You got to get from the couch. You're right. To the sliding door. Thank you. On the lava without stepping in the lava. Thank you for that. And then the fort's way over there. It's hard yeah. to get to the fort yeah. and not get burned by the lava. We do that when we go to Ken's Market. We uh, we there's squares there, and we try to stay on a specific color square because otherwise we fall in the lava. So we do do that when we when we That's go grocery we store shopping. But I forgot to do that uh, when we were play in lava. A, the kids love it in a fort the other night. So anyway, hey, uh, thanks for stopping by the Ron and Don Show. We got a big show coming up. Don't forget, it drops every Monday. You can also be a part of the newsletter and everything's at ronanddon.com. Yeah, ronanddon.com. Click on the microphone for all the radio stuff, and uh, more importantly, click on the broadcast uh, or the uh, broker side for all the real estate needs. You can get Don at Don O'Neill at windermere.com. You me at ron at windermere.com we want to be a part of your big transaction tell the story uh, of this next chapter in your life yeah. all right don't go anywhere ron and don ron and don nation that ron and don nation t-shirt for every t-shirt we sell five dollars goes to charlie's dinosaur and that's helping cops help kids as they go back to school you want to help cops and kids don't you yeah get that ron and don nation t-shirt send us a picture and we'll put that up on our facebook pages he's ron upshaw i'm don o'neill you're listening to the ron and don show you should buy a shirt. It's the Ron and Don Nation t-shirt. $5 goes toward helping kids. It's cops helping kids. Find out more at ronanddon.com. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. ronanddon.com. All right, it's uh, the Ron and Don Radio Show. Uh, listen to all the episodes now. Ron, how can you listen to all the episodes? And everything's at ronanddon.com. Yeah, ronanddon.com, but like Apple Podcasts is probably the place where we're getting most traffic. So if you just subscribe, you can go in, go all the way back to episode number one. Uh, you can do the same thing on YouTube. All the, the episodes are up there. So any any podcast service, once you subscribe, it'll show you all the episodes. Yeah. Uh, my son is visiting, but I brought my other son, Charlie. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Who... who I didn't know people still had blue big pens. It's my we, favorite pen. Yeah, and I brought in Charlie because for whatever reason, when we come to Mister Ron's house, Charlie chews on things, and he doesn't chew on any of my other friends at my house. He doesn't chew on anything. I don't believe you. It's true. You said you took him true. to the house you're renovating. You chewed on the stair. You've already told me that story. That was a long time ago, though. That he's, was like a month ago. That, which is a long time. He's In a dog puppy. years. That's like seven years. He's seven only eight years. months old. Yeah. That was like, yeah, so uh, hopefully, so, you know what? The OxyClean, and this is not an endorsement for OxyClean, yeah. getting quite a bit of the blue ink out. But uh, there's still a lot of blue ink yeah. in my uh, my beige it's colored It's a Saturday carpet. night. We're recording uh, this podcast at Ron's house uh, just south of Seattle, and we just had to take about 40 minutes out. Uh, we were on our hands and knees. We used to be professional carpet cleaners when we were like 17 years old, and now we're professional real estate agents. You would think we would know how to get blue ink out of carpet. But it's not a common occurrence. Yeah. Well, nobody uses the blue Bic pen anymore. Well, and then you everybody, told me, it's the best it's, pen. It's told me you're, I didn't even know they made them. I love And then the I looked pen. over and Charlie was chewing on that. It doesn't matter what the pen was. Charlie, yeah. you you dropped the pen and you the pen got eaten by you Charlie. You know what's weird? I had a moment, and I thought to myself, you know, if I move my stool... Over on this ink stain, Ron will never know that Charlie and I did it, and I'll get out of here scot-free, and I won't have to spend the next 40 minutes on the floor cleaning your carpet. And everybody knows when you clean a stain, you, you just make it worse. And we just we have just destroyed. I have personally just destroyed right. the carpet, uh, along with Charlie. I, if I would have just left, left it alone. And then I'm thinking maybe if you ever go to sell this house, you could just put a welcome mat here and then people think that's a really odd place for a welcome in the middle in the of middle your room. living room to have a uh, hi uh welcome welcome to my house you have to Please admit, take your shoes off right in the middle of of your if living if the room. roles reversed you'd have been a lot more upset than yeah, i was why didn't you get i would have been uh i don't i don't think i would have been yes anymore. you would have been mad i would have oh my god yes re- why are you so calm about it what am i gonna do okay well, thanks for that. I mean, the carpet's going to need to be replaced down here, but like just in this one room, yeah. what is it, about a 200 square feet of carpet? How know. much does that cost? I'll have to do that for you. Anyway, All right. I apologize and thanks. thanks. I mean, I'm sorry. That's my new it. Zen attitude. Like, it what is. am I going to do? No, I think you've always had that attitude. Yeah. I've always liked And that. I've had dogs before, they chew things, but like I didn't even notice where the pen fell on the ground. Okay. But. Yeah. What's well, better than shooting on the cable and we all got electrocuted? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't have got electrocuted. The dog would have got electrocuted if he chewed on the cable. Okay. Are we going to do 
Should we just do dog talk as a segment? Or? No, I'm good. What were we talking about? All right. So th- uh, I'm, this is a very interesting uh, topic to me. And it also is right here in our own backyard. So have you ever heard of the Love Lab? The lo- yeah, I, you've told me about the Love the Lab. The Love Lab. I've never been. I've wanted to go. Out of University uh, of Washington. A, University of Washington. There's, yeah. a doc, there's two doctors there. But this particular new book that's out is by uh, Dr. John Gottman. And so it has the scintillating title of... The mathematics of marriage, dynamic nonlinear models. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a real page turner. You told me it's scary as hell because you could go to one of their labs, someone you love and care about, and then you can find out, especially if you're thinking about marrying someone or having a, having a life partner, and you can walk out of there with just dreadful news. Or great news. Or great news, they right? have a, They, they yeah. can predict divorce with a 94% accuracy rate. Wow. And it takes them three... 15-minute conversations oh is my, all they need. Oh, my gosh. And he has done this with many, many, many couples. But this particular story for the new book, yeah. they had 130 couples who got married in King County, Washington, yeah. so right here in our own backyard. Okay. He is world-renowned for his research. But so what they did on this math thing is he got together with a mathematician uh, called James Murray, and they're like, how can we break this down? He goes, I have year, decades of research now with this 94% accuracy uh, thing on whether or not people are going to get married. In his first research, they built these apartments uh, or like little condominiums near the University of Washington campus, and people agreed to be videotaped. So he had video cameras all throughout the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had audio recordings in the bedroom. And so they just agreed as part of the study. Wait, what kind of recordings in the they bedroom? They had audio and video audio. recording wow. all the way through the house. Shocking. And so what they found is, so it was this very labor-intensive deal, and that's where he developed his, his metric of 94%. But it took, people would go in, they would live for a weekend, or they would live for longer periods of time in this condo. And so it just was very labor-intensive. They had to go through all the videotapes, and, and he, they would have uh, grad students that would score all this stuff. And so he got together with this mathematician. He was like, can we simplify this? Can we take this process I've developed in the Love Lab that's super laborious and, and boil it down? So the ma- mathematician, James Murray, said, okay, I'm going to break down these relationships into scores, basically. And so he's like, okay, great. That would save us a lot of time. And so they took these 130 couples. They gave them three conversations. And then we'll, we'll talk about what it means here in a second. But I think it's interesting what they did. So they had three uh, conversations. And they were 15 minutes in length. Um, these are married couples. They were to talk about their day. Then they had a second. Then they would go apart for a minute, come back. Second 15-minute conversation was to talk about something positive that they felt positive about. Okay. They uh, videotaped this. Again, and then they came back. The third conversation was something contentious. And then they broke down. The mathematician then created a spectrum of how many emotions? 16 different emotions. So he's like, okay, the human beings have 16 different emotions. We're going to score these from a negative four to a positive four. So we go through, we look at the videotape. When something happens, uh, they score it. And so contempt is a negative four. So when one party has contempt towards the other party, and I don't know how, the book will go into how they break all that down, they would score it a negative four. Laughter, when it's shared, shared humor is a positive four. If it's humor where one person's laughing at the other person, that's <laughs> negative, a negative, negative four. Negative 12. That's a negative four. <laughs> so it has to be shared humor, oh, not God. one person ribbing the other person and thinking it's funny. Wow, that's interesting. And so they go through, and he says and when they score this in the new book, The Mathematics of Relationships, they are 94% accurate. They will know if you're going to get a divorce, and, and most of them are within four years. So they did this study, yeah. tracked the people for a decade right here in King County uh, and surround it. They're 94% right. And then the other thing that was astonishing to me, so let's say you went to the Love Lab and you're like, we're in the 94 group. We scored, we did not score well. 80% of people cannot change. 80, so only 20, one in five. Can't change or don't want to change. They're incapable of changing. Incapable of so changing. So you can know what, you can know that you're in the group. Okay. You can know the communication that you're doing that is wrong. Yeah. And only 20% of the people have the capacity to change. That to me was the new takeaway because I was familiar with some of the other research that you've done. No. That, that's huge. And so I think for people, like, if you're in a relationship, it may just be better to be like, 
this is not changing. Like, I don't know, but maybe I'm pessimistic in that. I, I've always believed that you could, that people have the power to change. Yeah. I've always believed in second chances. But, and I read some of his stuff um, when I was married. And I was like, well, I, I believe so strongly people can change and that you can do this. But it, it didn't work for me. And so I, I don't know if that's, I don't know. It's it's a lot to digest. See, I think that's a great point. And I think it comes down to your expectations about a relationship, right? Like I have some business partners and, and you're one of my uh, business partners in, in what we're doing here and some of the stuff we, we do in real estate. And I have other business partners for other things I do. And we sit down and we have pretty clear expectations. You and I, even before uh, we started the podcast. We were talking about this podcast. We were talking about real estate. You and I had conversations on the phone this week, driving around saying, hey, what do we want to do with this? Because we don't. a lot of people are listening to the podcast. We don't make a lot of money doing the podcast. And our families now, and we are reliant on, on selling real estate. So how do, we, how, do, how, do, how do we go on this journey? And how do we share with people, hey, thanks for seeing us as entertainers and radio people and, and uh, folks that are involved in philanthropy. But also, as far as a real estate agent goes, hey, we 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 would love to represent you in life's biggest transaction. It's it's a How huge we, problem so, to crack. So people have those conversations all the time. You and I have those conversations all the time with one of my real estate and rental partners. We have conversations daily for whatever reason, and I don't know what this is, but in in the relationships that I have had with partners, I have never taken the time to invest in those kind of the conversations that I would have with you or I'd have with a business partner, even have with my mother, or even sometimes my son, I have neglected to have those and talk about expectations uh, in a relationship. I think the other thing, a romantic relationship. I think, yeah. And I I think the other thing is this, and, and I talked about this uh, on one of our other podcasts. I was talking to a gentleman that runs uh, a unit over at Children's Hospital. Really special, special gentleman by the name of David. And they deal with kids anywhere between the ages of 3 and 17 that are in crisis. And we have... It, Charlie, what, are you, what is Charlie doing? Is he digging? I don't know. Hang on, let me... Might be a new, a new carpet issue. chewing the pen and we're already trying to clean up income carpet but uh he's just chilling on the bowl you know what so i think we're okay so any anyway uh we were talking about uh the way that we all see ourselves and the way that we see other people in relationships and friendships and parenting and even in the way that children see their peers and he said you know what he said when it comes to social media he said let's not blame everything on social media because social media has made us more aware, especially when it comes to our mental health. He said, but you know what would really be helpful? What would really be helpful is when you are having a bad day and you are stuck on I-5 and your dog just threw up in the back seat or your dog just ripped apart Mr. Ron's pen and, and we're taping this podcast and now there's blue ink all over Ron's carpet and we had to stop for 40 minutes and try to fix your carpet and now I made it worse. So I'm sorry about that. And I'm going to have to replace your carpet. But when we're going through those mundane things in life or when life is not easy, what about taking a picture of that and putting that on your Facebook page or out on your Instagram page? Because a lot of times, we, look, especially with kids, you look on a Facebook page and it seems like everyone's in Maui. Everyone's in Cabo. Everyone has a girlfriend. Everyone has a, a great relationship. Everybody's out for a romantic dinner. Everybody has a great life, and you start comparing yourself to that. And I think about the really great partnerships and some of the romantic relationships and marriages that I see around me, and I see people that have autonomy, and I also see people that enjoy being around each other even when things are really mundane, even when you're just out, weeding, well, that, that's where the, the contempt yard, comes right? in. When, right? when uh, in the love lab, that's what they find. You start having contempt for the mon- mon- mundane parts of the, your life, and you blame that on your partner. N- will you? You just you don't or find the, or, no, or, no, or no, no, no. This or, is this or, is important. This is important. Okay, because if you either look at someone and you think, oh, that's quirky, and that's them, or 
the thing starts to bug you and you have contempt for it. That's, those are the only two paths. Give me, give me an example. So in other words, um, I know with you, you're going to be 10 minutes late. It's just the way that it is. So I can either view that as if, if Don and I say we're going to get together at 6, it's not going to be 6. It's going to be 6.10, it'll be 6.15, sometimes 6.20. That's just the way it is. It's always going to be. So I can either know that you, we don't really mean 6, <laughs> and that's just the way it's going to be, or I can secretly have contempt for you yeah. and just say, what do you have? What, you know, sometimes I, I have a little bit of contempt, okay. but most of the time I just know that, that that's just the way that it is. That's a quirk of who you are, Then yeah. you either accept that about somebody or you don't. I got it. And okay. so in a close relationship, in the love lab stuff that I talk about, those, it, it's not the big, the big wide strokes. Yeah. It's not that, oh, we fell in love and we had this amazing wedding and we've raised three beautiful children. And all. Those aren't the things that cause those negative force scores it's the thing of like oh you spend more time with your running buddies than you do with me and I'm, i have contempt with that i don't see that as a feature or as a positive i do I spend that, a lot of time with my running buddies are you you have contempt for me no for i'm that? saying in so a that's marriage why that's in, why i'm late sometimes in a romantic partnership okay. or they'll okay. go i'm i'm really clean and you leave the dishes in the in the sink and so instead of that being a feature or something i can embrace it's it's you take a bunch of those little things and you like to think that you would embrace the quirks of your partner, but what, when it goes into contempt and you cannot laugh about it, like they said, a mutual laughter, you can't have any lightheartedness about it, uh, and it, it seeps into contempt, and then you start to dig, and then you start to withhold affection, and then you start to withhold sex, okay. and then you start yeah. to like just have this wedge that comes in you because they're not doing it the exact way that you want it to be done. Yeah. That's the thing that's corrosive. The, the people that have successful relationships know and they embrace, I love all these, my, my partner's dependable. My partner's uh, the love of my life. I can, the, my, my partner's a great provider. My partner's a great caregiver. But all of these quirks, I'm going to embrace those as part of the package. And I'm not going to have contempt for them. Sometimes they're going to get under my skin. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're going to butt heads. But then the ratio he talks about is five to one. You have five to one as many positive to negative interactions. Those are the relationships that, that survive. The ones that are less than that, they just fail. Yeah. It, isn't that amazing? And that's, that's fascinating what you said, Ron. I just learned a lot from you. Isn't, isn't it amazing? We have these big marriages uh, in the United States, a lot of people get in debt. So you get married and now you face this debt. As soon as you, you're getting out of that debt, maybe you start to have children, or at least that's the way our parents did it. And then you, so you stay together to kind of get through that phase. And then the next thing you know, and we see this happen with a lot of people, the kids are gone and then you're looking at each other and you're like, who are you? Because uh, we have nothing in common. We have no, yeah. And, 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 a, and a lot of times that's when that's when people divorce or when kids get sick. We see people get divorced or when women get breast cancer. It is amazing. The amount of men that skedaddle on a woman that has breast cancer. When a man gets cancer, about 90 percent to 91 percent of the time. The woman will stand by that man. Men, on the other hand, two-thirds of the time when a woman has cancer, specifically breast cancer, they skedaddle and they find a way to abandon I, I still want to believe that the 20%, 20% a big number. People can change. Yeah. Uh, read that book. Like they do seminars here, and What's it's it not a, again? It's uh, the mathematics of relationship. But just look up okay. Dr. John Gottman, Love Lab. It's a, a UW. Yeah. Um, it's great stuff. It's thoroughly researched. He's put in his time. Uh, like... If your if your relationship feels a little bit rocky, I, I believe you can change. Beat yeah. the trend. Don't be the eighty percent. Be the twenty percent. You know what helped me too is when I went to see my counselor, and you got to take responsibility for it all. Well, you do, and and you can change. But the other thing is this: how you see yourself. And I've always seen myself as kind of a fractured family because it's like you know we don't we don't I don't have that partner. And I've tried before, and I've failed at that. But I've learned from it, and I and I and I feel like I I have changed. But she said, you know what? You have a family. It's you, and it's your son, and it's Charlie. Uh, the the pen eating, the uh, blue ink dog. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna get on my hands and knees right now and see if I can. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me at ronanddon.com.
All right, more of the uh, Ron and Don show. Ron, when does the Ron and Don show uh, drop? Every Monday, right? Every Monday. It's going to be in your podcast feed. We're, uh, I'll go into great depth on the website and explaining how to get it. Because we're getting a lot of questions of like, how do I get a podcast? We'll explain it to you. But it, it, you can find it at ronanddonradio.com for sure. Uh, also, people want to know, how can I get the Ron and Don Nation t-shirt? Great job on this. Uh, Ron worked over 31 minutes uh, to put this graphic together. It is sensational. Don't forget, $5 every t-shirt sale goes to Charlie's Dinosaur helping cops help kids. How can they get this uh, t-shirt? Yeah, you can just go, you can do it on your phone. Just type in ronanddon.com, click on the microphone, and scroll down. We got black, we have gray, we have white, men's and women's. So make sure you get the gender right or the type of shirt that you want, the color you want, the size that you want. Enter your info, and it's going to get shipped out ASAP. A good reason for that is because women don't like it when you bring T-shirts home that are from you, no matter what size. Those are right. They want the women's cut right, you know, yeah. makes a big difference. All right. Who is that voice that you can barely hear? Let's boost his mic. It is uh, Detective Ed Troyer from the Pierce County Sheriff's Department. He's the PIO. He travels with his own microphone. Uh, no headphones, though. And here we are uh, hanging on the Ron and Don Studios. Where are your headphones uh, today? Well, I was wondering why you guys are so loud is because I don't have headphones on to muffle the sound. <laughs> so uh, next time I'll bring headphones. Yeah. Hey, one of the cool things that we're really proud of in, a, in our radio careers is our connection to first responders. And it's one of the reasons why uh, Ron and I have brought this show back. And even if it's just uh, once a week where we get together once a week, and if, if people actually listen to this and they want us to do more episodes, we will. Uh, but we were at a point where we're like, you know what? Maybe this is a good time. Uh, to move on. We love real estate, and maybe it's a good time to retire. We had job offers in places like Boston and Chicago, Sacramento. Also job offers here locally, but we didn't want to go and take somebody else's job, one of our colleagues, one of our friends. Uh, it's a brotherhood and a sisterhood out there in radio and broadcasting and TV, just like it is when you're one of these great uh, first responders that we have a lot of love for. Uh, you go to 29th and Yesler. There's a badge in the ground. That's Tim Brenton's badge, and if you don't remember Tim, he lost his life a number of years ago. He was shot on that corner, and a number of you got together along with SPD and the SPD family, and we put that badge in the ground at 29th and Yesler. I drove by there the other day, and I just remembered all of you and how we all stood on that corner together and remembered Tim. And then we got our arms around our officers uh, when we lost four Lakewood officers uh, just about 10 years ago now. And you helped donate lots of dough to make sure that kids went to college and kids went to school when they graduated. And think about that. If that was 10 years ago, it, it, a lot of those oh, kids are beginning to go to school now. Well, right? they're just not only going to school, but some of them are getting married and, and their, their deceased hus- you know, dads who were police officers, friends are showing up at the weddings and they're becoming young people and they're becoming adults and they're doing productive stuff in life. And, you know, like the first time I met you guys is when the Lakewood Four occurred. I mean, not met you guys, but talked to you guys and was on your show. And we spent a lot of time. I was at the scene with the four Lakewood officers dead 10 yards from me when I spoke with you guys the first time on the Ron and Don. That's our first introduction together. I was there and I was on your show. And that's really our first meeting. Yeah. There's memorials out there. Uh, for police officers, mm-hmm. and we know that the Lakewood Four now, a decade later, have been memorialized and remembered. Uh, you just got back from Washington, D.C., because there's another fallen officer that was just honored. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, Dan Dan McCartney. I was back there with his um, widow and his three boys and some of our guys and the sheriff. They put his name on the police memorial back there. And it was a long event. We went back there and covered it and did a lot of information, sending and photo taking that we're going to share because we want to document it for those three boys. So when they grow up, they understand who their dad was and what the wall means back there. And the the sad part was, is there's 150 something other widows and sets of kids back there from across the country, all in the same hotel. And it's really just something, a site to um, take in, and you really don't have any answers for it. You just want to be back there and help. But we did put his name on the wall, and he's inducted on that wall for negative, bad, bad reasons. But 
it's a good honor. Yeah. What happened to Daniel McCartney? Uh, Dan McCartney was responding to a scene, just like all of us would, and any officer would. This is no fault of his own. Um, he went there, and there was a residential armed robbery in progress with kids screaming in the background. He got there, saw masked men jump out of a window, running down the street. He chased them, and the short story is they all engaged in a gun battle. Um, one of the suspects is deceased. Um, Dan took one round. Unfortunately, it was a fatal round that no matter what happened or where he was, it killed him. And then the other suspect got away for a few hours, but we caught him. And now he's being held accountable. It's just a sad, sad, tragic situation. And, you know, his buddy showed up and did first aid and CPR and got him to the hospital. Uh, but there's just nothing anybody could do. The doctors and the surgeons told us that that was a catastrophic wound that nobody would have come back for him. All right, he's Ed Troyer. He's the PIO of Pierce County Sheriff's Office. Ed, I, when I was younger, I didn't get monuments, and I didn't get uh, – I kind of rolled my eyes at it. I, I sort of like, ah, why Why is this here? Why is it happening? Until one time I happened to be at the Vietnam Memorial in D.C., very close to where this memorial is, and I watched some men come up and do a, the charcoal rub of names of people that they knew – and it finally unlocked for me. There's something that happens emotionally uh, at these monuments. Where is it in D.C.? And what did you see there when family members got to see their name uh, put up? Well, exactly what you just said. You can go to the law enforcement memorial and everybody is on their knees doing charcoal rubs and color crayons with the kids and rubbing the names that are in the monument. That way they can take them home with them. We brought a lot back for the family, and we spent many hours at the memorial itself. And they also have a candlelight vigil with over right on the mall, right in between the you know the Capitol and the Washington Monument, right on the mall. And over twenty thousand people show up and light candles. And they have big screens, and they name every single officer who lost their lives in the line of duty, and their families are there. And then there's the memorial, and then there's actually the big event right in front of the Capitol where the president speaks and a lot of high-ranking government officials. And you know. Take the politics out of it. Uh, that has nothing to do with anything. But they are all there to honor the widows, kids, widowers, because we've had many female police officers killed this year. I was kind of shocked at how many were killed this year. And so you still have their husbands and their kids, and they've lost mom. You know, just, just hundreds of these people. And it's just as uh, really great. A monument is somewhere once you're involved, just exactly like what you said, is a place they can go for the rest of their lives where their dad or mom's name's on the wall. And they can go there and reflect with other people who are in the same boat. Yeah. What do you say to people that say, oh, taxpayers, there's a lot of money, the pomp, the circumstance, the celebration. Uh, yeah. You know what? Uh, my husband is a construction worker and... He fell from a tower and lost his life, and nobody stopped the interstate or created a memorial for him. Uh, nobody spent tax dollars uh, to memorialize and remember him. What, what, do you, what do you say to people that are like, why, why well, cowtown to Man, to I, get that, I get that all the time. You know, I pay your salary and all this and that, and I get that. Some people are like that. But the monument and the memorial is concerns of police survivors and they're a 501c nonprofit, so there's no taxpayer money coming out of this first off secondly i i respect everybody's you know who's working's death is horrible and tragic but i think with police officers just like military they are representing the people i mean it, it, it's not just okay you died as a police officer that doesn't make you a hero because you died as a police officer it's how you lived that makes you the hero. And a lot of these guys live that way and they represent the citizens of Pierce County, Tacoma, Seattle, whatever. They represent the public because they're public servants. So that changes it a little bit. So it's not just the police officer that got killed and not diminishing anybody else that's got killed at work or anybody else that doesn't have their name on a wall. It just says that, okay, the public respects what you did because you did it for the people and the public. No. So I think there's a bit of a difference. How do you remember uh, the families uh, when three, five, and ten years go by? Because it is a brotherhood and a sisterhood, and how do you stay connected, and how do you continue uh, to help for uh, these fallen officers' families? Well, Kent Mandel, our deputy, died ten years ago, and I was back in D.C. when we put his name on the wall. And there's some beautiful photos out there that don't make the news, but when his daughter got married, 
10 deputies lined up to dance with her, right? At the mm-hmm. wedding. Yeah. He lost his life. Same yep. time the Lakewood Four lost their lives. Same, Same time Tim, Tim Brenton. Yeah, life. we had a really horrible, horrible streak there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he had gone in and actually was just offering someone a ride, and they went to get their stuff, and they went and got a gun, right? Correct. Yeah, there was nobody being arrested, nobody in trouble. It was just gonna let me give you a ride out of here. Instead, the guy decided to do a gun battle, and not only did he shoot and kill Kent, but he shot our, you know, who's now our chief, who's one of our top three guys in our department, Nick Hausner, shot him in the head too, and he survived it. And he's a big advocate for everything we do. In fact, Nick was back with me in D.C. And you can still see the bullet hole in his head where it went in and where it went out the back. And he survived. He's still working. He's still thriving, and he takes care of business. Yeah. Is it hard to hire cops today? Do people do yeah, people want this job? Man, I think, you know, it's turning around a little bit. I think we've been having a pretty good streak where people are like, you know, enough of this. And they want to be involved. Kind of, you know, like Pat Tillman when he quit the NFL and went to the military. I think a lot of people are coming out of the military now after eight years and going, I want to keep doing public service and I want to be a police officer. We've hired 20-something guys in the last four months and that's hard to do. Um, one of the things our department does is you have a lot of uh, – self self work lack of supervisor because we don't have as many people as other people we give you a big suv we give you the tools and we go out tell you to take care of business no and so i think a lot of guys are really liking that and women women and men are are we're getting a lot of people applying i think it's ramping up i think people want to do public service and i think they want to be involved and we had those four or five years of the anti-cop rhetoric. And, you know, that, I don't think that stuck. And we believe 97, 98% of the public likes us. And, and I think people are realizing that and are disregarding all the negative stories in the media. And they want to come work and they want to do this job. Yeah. It's a great job. Ed Schroer's here the PIO of Pierce County. Great detective, too. If people uh, want to sign up, maybe be a cop in Pierce County. How can they Or Seattle that? or anywhere. Yeah. Your own okay. community. We're, can, all, we're all trying to hire. How can they do it? Well, just go to our website, okay. PierceSheriff.org, or if you go to Seattle Police or anywhere, we're all hiring because what's going on right now is we're running into a wall where a lot of guys have 30 to 37 years on. And over the next two years, there's going to be a ton of retirements. Okay. And so in order to hire somebody, it's a year-long process. Start taking the test. Come work for us. Yeah. All right. Uh, also buy a Ron and Don Nation shirt. Uh, Ron, these shirts are super cool. And They're very fi- cool. Five dollars of it goes to Charlie's Dinosaur, helping cops help kids. You can find them at ronanddon.com. Uh, we got three colors: black, gray, and white. Men and women, pick your size, and it'll be shipped out ASAP. No. On Gene Friday, I'll make all my guys wear one and buy one. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else uh, we need to let the people know? Um, I'm just glad you guys are back. I'm honored to be here. When you guys started again, I hope this I hope this all works because um, it's needed in the Pacific Northwest. Hope you guys, you guys are missed. It's working right now. <laughs> working right now. Right? Want one of those shirts? Ronanddon.com. Ronanddonradio.com. Click on the microphone. Buy a Ron and Don Nation shirt. It's the Ron and Don Show. We'll see you in 30 seconds on the other side of this. Uh, the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Don't forget, we're realtors, and uh, I help a lot of first-time investors, first-time home buyers. If you're thinking about short-term, long-term rentals, I have those. Airbnb, pretty darn successful at those, and uh, I can show you and teach you how to do it, where you want to do it, when you want to do it, and also show you how much uh, dough you could possibly make. Reach out to me, Don O'Neill at Windermere.com, and Ron... You've gotten really good at just jumping in a car, creating a relationship, connecting with people, and uh, driving around and looking at real estate, right? Yeah, it turns out real estate's not just about the building. I think it's about the where you're at in your life, uh, what you're dealing with in your life, like why you want to do the move. And so I think I'm good at helping you sort all that, get some clarity, and uh, being able to you know put you in the right place. So you can email me, Ron. At Windermere.com is the best place to do it. Uh, I would love to. It's more, it's more about the house to me and the transactions. It's about building a relationship with people and, and really educating people and getting, getting it right. Yeah. Something I do on Mondays is I drive around to the different properties that I have. And some are short-term, some are long-term rentals. And I have people that help clean the houses. Uh, some of the house I clean them. Ask some- me if they know how to get ink out of carpet. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I enjoy is I, I I enjoy some of the places still doing the yard work. So I'll drive around on Mondays. I'll do the yard work. 
And then I'll also go through the garbage and I make sure to take the garbage out. And I've tried to do a much better job at recycling. The reason why I try to do a much better job at recycling is I am astonished at when people come, especially on a short-term rental like an Airbnb, I am amazed at the amount of takeout people get and the amount of garbage that people create that they throw away. All the plastic, all the containers, and then all the food. If you went through, in fact, I should take some pictures. If you went through the refrigerators just on a Monday at some of these rentals, on these short-term rentals, you look at the food that people buy and the food that they are willing to throw away. It is astonishing and all the packaging that goes with it. Here's the other thing. A lot of people now, even before they arrive somewhere, so if people are coming to stay at one of my places in Seattle, what they will do is order a bunch of stuff on Amazon. They'll have it waiting at the door. So now I'll go out to not only take out their trash and roll through and figure out, and nobody recycles, especially people from the Midwest, because they don't recycle in the Midwest. Uh, If people from the West Coast or East Coast, they'll usually ask, hey, where are the recycle bins or some of the compost bins, and they'll play along. But people in the Midwest just don't do it. It is, and I hate to keep using this word over and over again, but it's true. It is astonishing the amount of garbage, cardboard, and plastic that appears in my garbage cans and outside of my garbage cans and throughout the alley and the backyard and when it win- wind's blowing and it's blown around from Amazon. Okay, so Amazon needs to step in and do something they, about they it. They have an 80-person team that is working on this right now, and you tell me what you think the best solution is. So here, here's what they've come up oh, with. Oh, they're concerned about this. They're absolutely concerned. There's a, there's a big article in CNN right now. It's called Amazon's Vanishing Cardboard Box, and it goes through a bunch on how much uh, cardboard uh, is being produced. But what do you think would work best here? If Amazon incentivized with money uh, manufacturers to make their product more shippable or if they penalize them a, a, a dollar? So should they give them money like a rebate or should they penalize people that are bad at packaging? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Just, just try to do something that works. But, but on the other hand, we all... We all have to look in the mirror and really look at ourselves. And we really have to look at the planet. And I know this seems very kumbaya, but the next time you're driving along I-5, look down and look around you and look at all the garbage. And don't blame it on all the homeless people because that's what we do. And when you start looking in our parks, uh, and we're pretty progressive here, and people do a lot of recycling uh, when we see garbage and garbage piles, we like to blame it on the homeless. Hey, guess what? It's all of us. Uh, in some of my remodeling projects, we have a little dump truck, and I go to the dump a lot. I am astonished, not only, again, at what we throw away, and sometimes I'm embarrassed by it, but I'm really embarrassed but, by but- what a lot of these junk companies collect and throw away because so much of it is usable. And what we do, I go to the North Transfer Station up in Fremont, and it is full of stuff. Full of stuff in a very progressive city that could and should be used again. And I see Amazon boxes and packaging everywhere. No, but here's what they're trying to figure out, which I was trying to get to a little bit earlier, which I do think is a valid conversation to have. So let's say you're buying... Uh, you know, a pair of headphones or, or something that you'd want to get on Amazon that, you know, is a basic, a basic item that a lot of people will get, uh, you know, headphones, maybe it's a, an iPhone cover, something like that. Picture in your mind how that is packaged. And so right now it's going to have some sort of clear window on the front. It's going to be a cardboard box and it's going to have little zip ties or little twisty ties on there for you to get it out of the box. So what Amazon is saying is, hey, headphone manufacturer, hey, uh, the person making an iPhone cover, how's about you make a box that can go all the way to the door? You're not selling these things at the electronics store anymore. You're selling them through us. And so when you give it to us in that box that looks good on a shelf at at an electronics store at Target or something, that doesn't do us any good. Because now we got to take that box and put it in another box and put more tape on it and then send that to Don's house or send that to Ron's house. You come up with a box that we can ship straight to the door. 
And so if you do that, they're trying to decide if we give you a dollar off, would that make it work? Or do we penalize you a buck 99 if you don't do it? And so I, I like that approach. It's, because still, it's still a lot of packaging. It's still a lot of packaging. It's still a ton of packaging. But, yeah. you know, if, if you could not have to put a box in a box and you could get that, especially those smaller items. Like I buy, I have a vitamin, I'll buy, vi- there's certain vitamins I get that I'll, I'll just buy through Amazon because I, I forget about it if I don't and it's on a subscription thing. But so the vitamins and a shrink wrap thing and it's in the box and they put the box in another box. I just it's saw like, your vitamins upstairs. Pebbles, Bam Bam, Fred Flintstone, all, all, Barney, all, the characters. All, all those guys. Just yeah. make a box that you can ship. Like why is that so hard? But when you look at, I agree with you that people, have become immune to it. And I've become immune to it a little bit where, you know, you, you get these things, the convenience of it is hard to override, especially if it's any sort of, you like a very specific thing, you want to order that thing. And, and this is, I think something that, that is as consumers, we should voice to Amazon. Yes, we want, it's either called frustration free packaging, or we want these manufacturers to think about you're shipping it to our house. Now we're not necessarily going to the store. So you can't just take, you know, a hundred bottles of vitamins, stick them in a big box and send them to Target. That's not how a, a, a bunch of these transactions are happening. I agree with you, but here's what, we can't blame it on Amazon and the people out there that are making stuff that we want. You, we can, are you cons- can blame it a little we, bit. We, we, uh, you, you can't ship that little rickety box to Here's your house. the bottom line, though. We think because there's a food compost pile that we can waste all the food we want as long as it goes in the compost pile. Compost pile. We think because there's something that says recycle, uh, we can buy as much stuff as we want and we're going to put it in our recycling bin and and it gets recycled. And the bottom line, it doesn't. Most of the stuff that you put in the recycling bin these days, because nobody can make money on it. China doesn't want to buy it. Oregon doesn't want our garbage anymore. It ends up in literally a pile of garbage. And again, go to the transfer station sometime. They have a place where you can go and take your kids, and you can look down, and you can watch the garbage trucks come and go. And watch what those garbage trucks in your neighborhood are dumping at the transfer station and you will see stuff and you'll step back and you go you know what i could have built a whole house with that or i could have furnished a whole house with that or i could have fed 100 people with that it is crazy we think because we put it in the blue or the green or the compost that we're off the hook and we're not i think we have to be better partners i'll give you the final say oh that was Oh, you were giving me the final say? Yeah. I was giving you the final say. Well, I put Charlie in the garage, and now I hear him uh, eating your door and just trying to get back in. All right, so, so let's not destroy a door as check well. Check on him real quick. Uh, it's the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, you can reach out to Ron. Ron Upshaw at Windermere.com. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. We'd love to talk to you about your life's biggest transaction, or if you're thinking about becoming an investor uh, for the first time, or you just want to ride around with Ron. Do you buy people lunch or just a couple of It coffee? depends. Depends no. on how we're getting along. You like them or not? Exactly. Do you make people ride in the back seat, or do they get to sit up front well, with gonna, you on the bench seat? I'm gonna. There's no bench seat. I'm gonna get some oh. of those uh, old brat truck seats in the back, so the kids can ride in the in the bed of the. Truck. Have you been driving around kids? No. Well, I did. I had to sw- swap cars with someone. Kids were in the car. With with Michelle you? at the office. Let me borrow a Mercedes so oh, I could no. drive them around. Okay. I don't know how I feel most about people it. just show up at the house nowadays. They do. They got a car. Yeah, they do. All right. Uh, reach out to us, ronandon.com. It's the Ron and Don Radio Network. And show us your Ron and Don Nation t-shirt. They're really cool, you guys. $5 goes towards Charlie's Dinosaur. And you've heard my son say this. It's all about cops helping kids. And we're going to present them with a check as kids go back to school. Not a chick. I think I just said we're going to present them with a chick. That would be interesting. A chicken? No, we're going to present them with a check. Right. So thanks for being a part of that. Over $1,000 right now for Charlie's Dinosaur. That's going to buy a lot of bounties. Let's head back in the great Pacific Northwest. It's Ron and Don. Everything Ron and Don at ronanddon.com. And thanks for listening to us on YouTube, Anchor, and also, don't forget, hit that subscribe button, you guys. My dad is back. Like it or not, you're listening to the Ron and Don Show. You can find the guys at ronanddon.com. Ron and Don. Ron and Don. Ron and Don. Ron and Don. Ron and Don.
Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, real quick for you. Uh, get out of here tonight or it could be today or whenever you're listening to us. Thanks for listening to us. And when you rank the show, Ron, it really makes a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, the rating. So you can do a five-star rating on Apple. That helps us out. Leave a comment. That always helps us out. And then the biggest compliment, seriously, for me is if you could recommend us for real estate. You know, that to a referral where you trust us uh, means the most to me right now in my life because that's how yeah. I'm paying the bills. Every transaction I do until the end of the year, $500 when we close, and that's going to go towards cops helping kids. Charlie's Dinosaur, 500 bucks for every transaction I close, buying or selling. I'd love to be a part of that. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. That's with two L's. Ron Upshaw at Windermere.com. If you forget that, go to ronanddon.com, click on the real estate logo, or you can click on the radio microphone, and we would love to be a part of that big transaction as we walk through that together. Uh, real quick, uh, I was a little alarmed this week. I found out that Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin oh, are geez. not getting along. And I thought they were getting along great. And this is what I've heard because I read page six, and you know that you read this too. And you can find this out at TMZ.com. Evidently, Justin still talks to Selena Gomez. And I thought that he did. I thought they were probably having secret conversations because that's always been his girl. I thought Taylor Swift was in the middle of this Hang story. on. We're going to get to that in a moment. Right. How do you feel about that? Do you think it's okay for Justin to be talking to Selena even though he's with Haley Baldwin right now? And by the way, at the age of 21... She seems to be a pretty smart together girl because every time I look in page six, he's crying. She's comforting her. She's this worldwide model. The Baldwin brothers, that's one of the Baldwin brothers' daughters. And, of course, you know Billy Baldwin, Backdraft 1997, greatest movie of all time, a Ronnie Howard movie. And don't forget, Kurt Russell stars in that with the Baldwin brothers. They're about to fall in the fire. And what does he say to him? You go, we go. What happens next? I'm going to let you figure that out. And Donald Sutherland in that movie he as is, Ronald. As Ronald. He is crazy good. So, anyway, Baldwins have a girl. It's Haley Baldwin. She's 21. She's now married to Justin Bieber. And what we're well, here's here... Here's the thing. Talking with exes. What we're here... Ta- yeah. I am a... I am a... I have a strict... A relatively strict uh, ex policy. I don't think that you should be in touch with a lot of exes. You don't think so? No. Like, what's... If... if, if what, what's the point? What's the upside in that? Because maybe they were a really good friend and you had a great friendship. Well, if it depends on if you've, how many, what the time elapse is. It can't be the, just the one, the last ex. Like my my ex Laura from twenty five years ago. She's one of my. She's one of my. Right, best. but she, that's, she's the only woman that I live with long term. She's one of my best friends. It, but but you guys had several moves in between there. It wasn't we did. like there she were a was, couple. There were a couple years off, and then and then and then we. You we, didn't you didn't communicate right away. You had didn't. a couple. Both of you had right. another long term relationship in between there. Yeah. I think that's a difference. I'm I'm okay. still friends with an ex that I dated in Dallas. Oh yeah, but she's married now. She lives in another state. Yeah, like it's a it's a totally different deal but if like with this situation when you're in your 20s if you just broke up with someone okay. and now you're with the the new person you can't go and be stay in contact with the the previous so relationship he shouldn't be talking to someone. no absolutely not okay. he needs to cut that off like anyway, if, if, but she had an organ transplant doesn't matter he's feeling uh matter. And, and he's going does not matter he's having some issues and he's this, sorry you're asking for trouble the song he wrote i'm sorry is really towards selena this is, is like when people are at a bar yeah. at three in the morning and then a fight breaks out okay. and their credit card got stolen and they're bewildered by it. it's like dude you're at a bar at three in the morning yeah what do you think is going to happen gonna happen you're, like you think yeah. everyone's going to have a big yeah. kumbaya moment okay. here's what's really going on though because justin also is evidently in a fight in a fight with all the swifties out there and you know i'm a believer and a swifty all at the same time and, and, and i'm also cat. a kitty cat and no, i'm part Kate, of that Kate, bay pa- no you don't know you're not I part do know. Of it. it's You're Katie not, Cat. Are you part of it? It's not Kitty. You don't know. Are you part of the it's... Bay Hive? I didn't think so. So no. step away and step off. All right? That's my girl, Beyonce. I don't even think Jay-Z, who's out there always selling the lemonade, I don't even think he's part of the Bay Hive. So that's how down I am. I, I, so You are so woke. Here's, the, here, here, here's my concern, though. Taylor Swift is in a fight with Scooter Braun, right? And you I see I'm know not... who that is. You see I'm looking at notes? I have no notes in front who's of me right Scooter now. Scooter Braun? This is in my heart. He bought all of Taylor's hit records all the hit records right i don't know what you mean taylor wanted to buy her whole record collection the same way the beatles wanted to own their stuff michael jackson wanted to own his records okay taylor swift wanted to buy those records 
uh, from Big Machine Records. And Big Machine would not sell her record collection back. Toby Keith went through this with Mercury Records, and they wouldn't sell his records back to him. And so he went out, and he left Mercury, and he opened up, and he connected with Sony. But let's go back. Taylor goes out in the media on Twitter. She goes after Scooter. All the Swifties are now after Scooter. They're upset. Scooter is best friends. Best friends with Belieber. Best for they go to church Who's together. Scooter? Scooter Braun. He owns the record company? He owns all of Taylor's collection. And he's coming out and saying, hey, I tried to sell her her records and she was not interested. She says this is not true. Taylor is best friends with Haley. With Haley Baldwin. So Taylor's best friends with Haley. Justin is best friends with Scooter. And now they say, and this is alarming to me, Justin and Haley not having babies. And what the, does that have to do with the record deal? I don't know. They're not having babies because of this problem with Scooter. It's all on page six, Ron. This problem with Scooter and this problem right now, this huge problem with Taylor Swift and all the Swifties out there. I don't think this is anything to be solved. I hate to see if Beyonce and the Bay Hive gets involved in this. How if are they, they involved? If they do, well, they're not. But if they do, look at Then we're calling in the Kardashians to fix it all. Why wouldn't we? I just got And I got to tell you this. Every time I see a picture of Jay-Z, speaking of Beyonce, he has to be, is he, is he or is he not the coolest man on the planet? He looks on the good planet. in a tux. On I the like planet. It. Clooney has his moments to me. When he's George on Lake, Clooney? When he's on Lake Cuomo in that wooden boat Come on, with man. the Ray-Bans on. He's, he's a pretty cool cat. Are you going to go see the new Leonardo DiCaprio Brad Pitt movie? Oh, the uh, Quentin Tarantino? Looks good. Yeah, I, I kind of want to see it. And guess what just I went to see Toy Story 4. I can give that a thumbs up. It was horrible. You didn't like Toy Story 4? I didn't, but the new Spider-Man movie, I went with my my. Toy Story 4 son. was good. The new Spider-Man movie is much better than Toy Story 4. All right, Have I'm you not seen the new Sp- I don't want to go to Spider-Man. You know what? I don't like it. I didn't like Spider-Man. I don't like Spider-Man Until either. I went to the Spider-Man. It'll be one of your favorite movies ever. Are you, have you watched Stranger Things? Things season three. I have. It's Did fun. you like it? Yeah. Let me say this though. Let I'm, me say this. I'm about seven episodes in. Brad Pitt showed up at the Comic Con the other night, and guess what he dropped? I have no idea. What movies he been making with Val Kilmer, or has he been making it with Val Kilmer, who had throat cancer? And you read about this on page six for two years, and then lied to everybody about it. Why he was wearing a scarf and said, "I don't have it." Top Gun. Talking. Top Gun two. Yeah, they're making a sequel. He comes out, and remember when Goose died? Goose's son is now in Top Gun camp, and guess who's coaches? I have no idea. It is Tom Cruise. And they all have a need for speed. It's the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. We'll see you next week. Don't forget, it drops on Mondays, everybody. Have a great week, you guys. Ron and Don. <laughs> you good? Yeah. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs>